Hello, everyone. If you enjoy my podcast, please rate and review it from whatever platform you're listening to. It helps other people notice so it can reach more people. And uh, as you know, this, I, or you may not know, that I do not receive any money for this. In fact, I basically create and produce all of this on my own and I'm not complaining I love it but I do that to serve others and if you help me out a little bit just by rating it and subscribing or reviewing that is greatly appreciated thank you so much today is the perfect day to start the rest of your life my name is Angela Seaborn the host and creator of Well, Women Embracing Later Life. This is a podcast series for women in mid to later years who want to live joyfully and actualize their full potential, whatever that may be. For some, that could be starting your own business, going back to school, or perhaps just learning to take more time for yourself. On this show, I talk about everything from memory to fitness to health, career and success everything and anything that empowers women in mid to later years. As always, take what resonates with you and leave the rest behind. Hello, welcome to Women Embracing Later Life. I am your host, Angela Seaborn. You're going to love today's show. You will be listening to an interview with Wanda Surgeon Brown. Wanda Surgeon Brown is a corporate executive, an author, a coach, a mother, a wife, and a recent survivor, not once, but twice, of a rare cancer that historically has a survival rate of little to none. This experience expanded Wanda's career trajectory, and not only now does she help large corporations be successful, she's transforming lives of corporate successful women who've encountered a cancer or chronic illness, helping them make sense of the nonsensical, putting the pieces of their lives back together again, often uncovering hidden strengths, talents, and deeper meaning they did not know existed before their illness struck, transforming their experiences from pain to power in four easy steps. So without further ado, let's get this party started and welcome Wanda Surgeon Brown. Angela, it is so great to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Oh, you're welcome. I'm very excited to have you. I, I, your story is just incredible. And as you were saying earlier, when we were talking that you were still kind of in treatment, but then COVID hit. Is that right? Yeah. So I finished with chemo in November and -hmm. then I had a recovery period. So I've been on chemo for six months. So uh, pretty much all of last year between surgery and complications and chemo, I was basically in treatment for the full year and uh, wrapped up with chemo after six months in November, had a short break to recover. And uh, in February, I got a head to toe scan and I am so happy to report that uh, I am cancer free. So I'm so excited. That is so fantastic. Well, you look amazing. You look and you sound healthy. It's incredible. I, I, I mean, I would never have known you just finished treatment. No. And, and the second treatment. How, how long in between treatments were you cancer-free, so to speak? Yeah, so it was about four years and some months. So when I was diagnosed the second time, uh, I was looking forward to that five-year mark you know, so many people who, who've been diagnosed with cancer kind of look forward to that five-year celebration between yes. the time they've ended their treatment and uh, they get the report that, you know, there's been no recurrence. So mm-hmm. I was almost there and um, a random check uh, had the doctors find the cancer. Wow. And, and you've been able to hold up your, like your spirits are so good. Were they always this good? You know, I've always been a person that's been more kind of to the positive side. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's, I'm kind of just wired that way, which mm-hmm. which is helpful, right? Yes. Um, 
Yeah, they, they, they say your perspective can either be your power or your prison. Yes. And so uh, I am all about really um, leveraging my perspective to support me in my growth and my positivity and my health. Well, you know, what you said is bang on because as a therapist, that is exactly what we do in as therapists do in, in treating clients is that it's all about your perception. So once your perception is changed, it's like you're changing your reality. And there's a lot of research around that as well. And it's not like you're changing it into something that's ridiculous or delusional, but you're changing it from a different perspective that is accurate. Um, and that yes. is what makes you well again. Yes. So, you know, I'll share this story. When I was diagnosed, so this was the first time. And um, I remember sitting in the doctor's office and I asked my doctor, how long do I have to live? And his response changed my life. Now, this is one of the top oncologists in the country. Like, And listeners, our guest, Wanda Brown, is from the U.S., so she's talking about United States. He's amazing. And he, I remember asking him that question when he diagnosed me with stage 3 ovarian cancer, and his response changed my life. He literally looked at me, he paused, and he said, remember who you are, speak to your body, and tell it to heal. I thought that was powerful because anyone who looks up um, the statistics for people diagnosed with stage three ovarian cancer, I think it, had he given me the science answer, the scientific answer, it would have just taken the wind out of me. But mm -hmm. his first words were speak to your body and tell it to heal. I think that's, that's really connected to what you were saying, Angela, about vision and just our perception, right? Um, this idea that while there are things that we cannot control, our perception is something that we can control. That's an amazing oncologist because not a lot of doctors, because I've worked with many psychiatrists in my life and they don't all talk like that. And even my mother's oncologist, when my mother passed, she had her cancer come back after the five years. Her doctor didn't talk that way either. So I think that's so important because especially with like an older generation, like my mother, where they put all their faith in the doctor and they listen to the doctors like they're gods in, in their worlds. And so if the doctor says you have three years, then you believe it and then you have three years. <laughs> so yeah. the fact that your doctor didn't give you an answer and basically gave you hope and choice. Yeah, it was... It was amazing. I'm telling you, it was amazing. And so, you know, that's, I mean, I literally just took him at his word and I just, I just did that. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I spoke positive affirmations. Now I, I'm spiritual, I'm Christian. So mm -hmm. I, I leverage words from the Bible, but yeah, whoever you, you serve or, or whatever you, you could do that. But I spoke to my body. I spoke positive words through the, in the face of the chemo and the surgeries and the sickness and, I, and the weight loss, I lost 40 pounds. So I went from 150 down to, a, down to 110, mm. 150 down to 110, and my frame is 5'9". Wow. So I was so, so, so skinny. Yeah. Yes. But in the face of that, holding that, that vision of health in my mm -hmm. mind and just speaking to that over and over in the face of what my eyes saw, I had to just maintain my focus on that vision of health, I recovered. That's amazing. And, and for me, I, I really believe because of my faith, I really believe that cancer would never return to me again. Like there's no reason I should have gotten it. Mm -hmm. I did genetics tests, like all mm -hmm. no history in my family. Mm -hmm. um, and so I believed it was a fluke and I shouldn't have gotten it. And I was I told everybody it wouldn't come back to me again. And then, you know, as you've already shared, four years and some months later, I get the news is back. Wow. And so, you know, here's what's so interesting is that, you know, when you're diagnosed with, uh, with cancer, whether it's a rare cancer or you're diagnosed with some sort of chronic illness, you feel like your health has been ambushed right? Like it came out, of, this was an invisible thing. It came out of nowhere. Like, don't know if I touch something, breathe something, use something, like don't know where it came from. 
And the world is having that similar experience, right? Yeah. Not cancer, but it's COVID. Yes. But some of the, the same issues that cancer um, survivors, thrivers deal with, the entire world is dealing with. Yes. And that's what I was thinking about your book, right? Because lots of things can hurt us. And some people are having more difficulty than others having to stay inside. And I was just listening to a neuroscientist yesterday on an, inter an interview and shared some strategies on how to stay focused and stay okay during this time. And, and one of them is keeping some kind of a structure and setting smaller goals for yourself. So I think your yes. book is kind of like that too, right? It is. So, so my book is Rest is Healing for the Soul, Meditations to Win and Thrive in the Battle for Your Health. And it is really meant to be a companion along a woman's healing journey, right? Mm -hmm. And so the book is divided up into kind of six sections. They, they start from uh, when you're first diagnosed, right? Wow, and okay. it kind of takes you on a journey through to, to healing. And I love the last chapter because it's all about, you don't have to wait until your body physically catches up with your perception, your vision. You can celebrate healing right now. And so it, each um, each sort of rest, rest meditation uses the acronym R-E-S-T. Um, mm. So, but what I really love about it is I get to share my story, my journey and my lessons in the book but I invited 20 other women to share their journey, their stories of healing. And they've had uh, anything from you know, cancer, various chronic illnesses. They range in age from uh, in their 20s with a very aggressive form of breast cancer all the way into their 70s. And so mm -hmm. the women have various types of, of cancer. Um, mm -hmm. but they're all survivors. We have two two women there who, you know, their their fight has ended. But uh, if you survive a day, two days, or 20 years, in my mind, you're still a survivor. Yes, exactly, exactly. What kind of women are you helping now, like with your coaching? And like, do you have a, quite a, a range of clients or? So they range, they, they range in ages. Um, I get so many calls. I, I would say the, oh. the, the way I'm helping women, right? is really kind of three ways. One is being uh, an example of what it, what it could look like if you hold on to that vision of health, that perception that you talked about, right? Mm -hmm. um, so being that example, and so I'm constantly sharing my story very, very openly with lots and lots of women. So um, your listeners, if there's anyone that's listening, that's been diagnosed with cancer or chronic illness, and you're wondering if, if there's any other example of, of, uh, of a woman who's gone through, I've gone through twice, right? And I've come out on the other side. And so I'm sharing my story with women as a way to inspire hope. Mm -hmm. The second is I listen. So many women just want someone, they want a place where they can share their, their story. They can share their vulnerability and their fear yes. with someone who understands yes. because, you know, I've been through it and I don't understand exactly what they're going through, but they can relate to me because I've gone through a health issue, a pretty serious one twice, mm -hmm. right? And then the third way I help women is through coaching. And what I'm doing is I'm trying to help women own their stories so that they can go from pain to power or you know, another way of saying it is uh, from adversity to advantage. I talk to so many women around the world who have gone through something, right? Mm -hmm. Cancer, heart disease, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. And Angela, they are stuck in the pain because there's some sort of shame or yes. hero mentality associated with whatever they're going through. And so they hold on to their story rather than sharing it. And mm -hmm. once you share something, once you release it, it can't hold you, right? Mm -hmm. The shame or whatever you thought about it, the why me, the victim, right? I, I show women how do you own your story, tell it in a compelling way. And even for executive women in the boardroom, the mailroom, wherever you are, 
you can tell your story about overcoming cancer in a way that demonstrates resilience and yeah. authenticity. And so those are some of the ways that I, I help women, but it's not just coaching. It's also being that example. It's also listening. And mm -hmm. whatever women I support across that spectrum, I want to be there for them. Mm, yes, that sounds wonderful. You were saying that your clients want just to talk about the pain or the suffering. And I think that's really important because there's this fine line. People sometimes think being optimistic means you can't talk about your pain. I think it's important that you're able to talk about your pain because if you can't, then it's going to pop up in other ways. You know, it'll pop up yes. somewhere else, right? And you're not going to fully recover. Someone needs to hear it, be a witness of your pain, validate your pain, and and helps you move through that process. And so there's not. It's not about being like you're saying the hero. Oh, I'm so positive. It because it'll catch up to you somehow, and it does, right? So I think that's really yes. important part of it. And people think that if they talk about oh, I'm, it's been so hard and sometimes I don't want to get up in the morning or I don't, sometimes I even go on the, on the edge going, God, do I really even want to go through this? Like maybe just take me, but you can't say that sometimes to your loved ones. Even doctors and nurses don't always want to hear that. You have to give that space for someone to talk because if you don't, it'll come out later and then it's going to be much harder. Yes. And I, I have seen it come out in horrific, you know, I've seen women, um, even older women, they're addicted to drugs and things like that after going through something. And it's because they never really just released it, told yes. their story. Yes. Um, and maybe they tell parts of it. But if you're talking to family members who haven't gone through what you're going through, then some of them don't have the patience to listen to the whole story because like you said, they want to problem solve. Like, oh, oh, don't talk like that. Oh, don't, don't say that. And the person just needs to just say it with all the fear, with all the trepidation, with, with, whatever, with, with whatever there is to say, mm -hmm. say it. That's right. And then once it's said, then let's, let's move on. But like you said, if you start trying to move on and the foundation is shaky, everything you build on it going forward will, will be shaky, right? And you'll come back to that point where you just need to tell your story. Exactly, exactly. What kind of work were you doing before you started to help women with- um, Yeah, so for over 25 years or so, I was a, a business strategy advisor for large companies. So mm -hmm. I was a partner with a very large global consulting firm uh, I've been VP of strategy for a large retail company, chief mm -hmm. operating officer for a technology startup in Silicon Valley. Um, and so uh, working with large businesses, helping them transform their businesses um, is what I have just love to do. I've been doing it for, for many years. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that a lot of these skills are transferable because you're helping a corporation. It's just like, it's like a huge, huge, huge family, so to speak, right? Uh, to be successful. Now you're kind of narrowing it in and more focused, but around health, maybe some of the same steps are similar, but the content is different. Is that correct? Yes. You know, so much of, of what I did for companies, I guess I became my own client in, in a way, right? Oh, yeah. When I started going through, because as I helped companies transform, um, when my life was in the balance, right? It was mm -hmm. all about helping me transform. It was all about who was I going to be in the storm fighting for my life, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you and I were talking about vision and perception. I've held many visioning se um, sessions with clients, right? Helping them mm -hmm. not only create their vision, but then communicate that vision to others. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, for, you know, for example, um, and I want to start getting into those four methods, those mm -hmm. four steps, just for a second. So we'll just start with R of course, just I would to like get to. started. Oh, the four steps are the R-E-S-T? Yes, yes, ah, yes, yes. Lovely. So R-E-S-T, rest, right? How do you rest in the storm? But the, the first R is we have to remember how powerful we are. 
right? That we can't always circumvent life's challenges, no matter how scary they are, but we get to say who we are as we go through. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. Yep. So we get to, we get to choose our words. We choose our thoughts, right? Mm-hmm. And we even choose our identity. Right. So I'm going to give you an example of that, right? So uh, I, I just said, so who am I going to be as I go through this? So I, I would say with a diagnosis of stage three ovarian cancer, when someone would ask me, how am I doing? I would say, I am a healed person who is doing everything in my power to protect my health. I am not a sick person trying to get well. So in terms of that perception, that vision, I always saw myself as that healed person. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking it until my reality aligns with that perception, that vision, but I would say that constantly. How are you doing? I am a healed person protecting my health, not a sick person trying to get well, right? And so whatever your listeners are going through, they get to kind of speak that perception into existence by saying it over and over and over. Even, and I said it in the face of being rushed to the ER, in the face of the, you know, being at 110 pounds and the surgery and the sickness from the chemo, right? I just kept, kept saying it. So I just want to ask you, how did you arrive at that saying, like coming up with that mantra, so to speak, to say when people asked you how you are, how did you arrive at that answer? Yes. So part of it comes from my my spiritual background, right? Um, I read the Bible. And um, for those that believe in Jesus Christ and what he did for us on the cross, right, we are, and, and for, for those of that accept him as our Lord and Savior, right, we are healed. That's what he said. And so I am healed. And so standing in that truth, you know, there are facts in there and there's truth. The facts are what the pathology report said. Those are the facts. Stage three ovarian cancer. It's it's this large, it's sitting here, you know, whatever, right? Those are the facts. The truth is what I'm willing to stand on. And for me, that's why my spiritual walk is so important to me because it gave me a place to stand. It gave me a compass as I was going through. So regardless of whatever your faith is, your dominate, like whatever it is, if you could be a Christian, you could be um, Catholic, you could be uh, Muslim, whatever it is, or just spiritual, you can still use that mantra. Absolutely. Now this is me, okay? So I view the Bible as as the the, the truth, right? So whether you believe in it or not, you could easily just say, I am healed, and I'm doing everything I can to protect my health. And it doesn't mean that you're associating with anything. If, if you are adverse to the Bible, you believe in something else, that saying really, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Own it. That's what I would say. If it helps exactly. you, own it. Design it to fit you. It's like if it's the Torah, if it's the Quran, if it's the Bible, yes. whatever it may be, it doesn't matter. Account is all beautiful. Yes. If, it, if it helps you and it guides you towards healing, it is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yes. Or even a spiritual community that kind of encompasses everything as well. So you can use whatever ever you want. Would you say that the spiritual component is probably an important part of healing? For me, it was. Again, because in the storm, it, in the storm, when you are, when, when it's you that's sick, right? when it was me, when it was my head in the toilet, when it was me being rushed to the ER, when it was me looking at my like skeleton in the mirror, right? I had to believe something greater than myself to help me get through, right? For others, maybe they could just say uh, positive affirmations and that would be enough for them. For me, you know, God is my anchor and uh, it, it helped me get, get through the storm. I interrupted you. So that was the R for the rest, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. E, E is for expand our perspective, right? Um, we were not designed to do life alone. And so many of us, especially if a lot of your listeners are women, a lot of times we are very open to helping other people, 
but we hesitate in terms of letting other people help us. And that becomes a true challenge when you're going through adversity. And I would say when you're going through life, it makes life a lot harder when we're not willing to receive from other people. But what I found was as I went through my journey, as I made space, created space for other people to participate, that they could be blessed and helped by supporting me through adversity. Now, I know people look at that and they would say, well, that sounds strange, right? Why would someone else be helped by helping you? But if you think about it, when you create space for other people, they get to practice generosity. They get to practice empathy. They get to bring their talents and skills and practice those, right? So, so maybe they can cook or maybe they're an encourager or maybe they just drive well and they're willing to, to take you to uh, a doctor's appointment and give, in my case, my spouse a break. But when we create space for the right people to show up and help us along our journey, it makes our lives easier and it's a blessing to them as well. You know, it's so interesting that you say that. I'm not sure if you've ever read the book, The Power of Eight. No, but eight is my favorite number. This woman, she's, done, she's a, uh, a medical journalist and she's wrote um, What Doctors Don't Tell You. She's written a lot of things. However, she, she's done all these studies on prayer. She has a lot of different researchers and scientists that help her. My apologies. Her studies were on the power of intention. However, she has worked with prayer groups and intention could be seen as prayer. And her name is Lynn McTaggart. And she would get groups of people together and they would have come up with one particular mantra, so to speak. I don't know what other word to use, but you have to be very specific, kind of like when people would ask you, how are you doing? And you would say, I am a healed person who is doing everything in my power to protect my health. I am not a sick person trying to get well. It would be very yes. specific like that, but you're praying for somebody else and they would say it together in their minds and focus on the, whatever the target was. And not only did the target get better, but everybody who was praying got healed in some way. So I, I'll send you that information later. I had to mention that book to you because it was just so bang on to what you're saying. By the way, today she's doing prayer or intention work to help prevent COVID, to help stop the spread of COVID-19. I will be quiet now. <laughs> no, this is good. I'm loving yeah. this conversation. So yeah. the, the S is for self-care. And so I believe in 360 degrees of, of self-care. So it's the mental, the physical, the spiritual, and the financial. Um, you know, when we don't take, of our, take care of ourselves financially, it makes it really hard to go through anything, but especially adversity. And so, you know, I just encourage the women that I coach, you've got to think about self-care in a 360 degree way. You know, even I talked about the, the financial, you know, even back to relationships. So relationship would be another one. Right. And so as we are caring for I take need in terms of the people that are there in our lives, that we invite in our space because they bring energy right into our space. So we need to be intentional about what we allow. Um, but you find that people who have great relationships and they um, are, are great in terms of their mental, physical, spiritual and financial they're better able to weather a storm. When any one of those are broken or there's a breakdown, when adversity hits, it can be, it can be tough. Yes, I, that makes a lot of sense. And then the last one is T. T is for take action. Um, I say you have to choose a dream that will give your life purpose as you go through the journey and then take action to bring it to pass. And so what that means is you've got to choose something, some sort of creative outlet, some sort of something that will give you purpose as you're going through, because it'll help you get up in the mornings. So when you're sick, it'll help you get up, right? Because there are going to be days, especially if you're going through some sort of chronic illness or cancer or whatever, there are going to be days when you want to just keep all the blinds shut, lights out, and just stay in bed. But if you have something that's calling you, someone who's depending on you, right? It'll force you to get up, 
and move forward. So for me, that something was, you know, was the book we've talked about and you see it up there as well, right? Um, was the book. And so, I mean, I would, I had a, um, my photographer at the time would take me out all across um, uh, Georgia and just look at flowers. And we would take pictures of flowers all day. I would reach out to women who, um, who were telling their, their stories, right? So this book, as much called to me as I was calling for it, you know, we were calling for each other and it just really helped me. Um, now, Angela, you probably know this better, better than I do, but I have heard that there is research to support that if you, if people that don't have a creative outlet, a, a way to creative, creatively express themselves are more prone to depression than people that do. Is there any, uh, that's what I've heard. I can't think of any off the top of my head right now. I do know of studies where the brain being more fully integrated, operating well because of playing another instrument, playing an instrument, sorry, or speaking another language because you use different areas of yes. the brain. Basically, it integrates the brain through the corpus callosum, like the left and right hemisphere. They're more integrated when you are creative or when you play an instrument or sing or, or something along the more abstract. And that is more healing. And then that is more of a preventative uh, function in um, depression. Yes. <laughs> and so um, to that end, you know, you and I have talked about color, right? Yes. And one of the things you'll notice about my book is one, it's, um, it's color throughout. So every single page is color, even the cover is color. And um, that was very intentional because, you know, I I'll tell you the places where I went to get treatment, either for chemo or for surgery or for my various scans, and all of those places were void of color. And yet um, my pre-COVID fingernails usually have lots of color, right? So when I would go and get my nails done, my, my nail salon had chandeliers and beautiful chairs and waterfalls and it was just beautiful. And what and so the question I asked myself in, in in seeing those two environments was why is it that places where we go for healing have no color and yet places where we go where quote unquote healthy people go are full of color and beauty. And so it just became my intention to put beauty in the world. And so that's why my, my book looks the way that it does. And um, what I'm hoping is that even if a woman is maybe she doesn't even feel like opening the book, that just looking at the cover would inspire her, right? Would just, yes. you know, maybe just brighten her day or make her feel like just brighter, lighter. Well, just looking at it in, in, in the background too, because in the background you can see where, I don't, I'm not sure if this is the real color, but it looks like in the center is kind of a goldy yellow. There's yellow, but yes, gold, it is. Well, gold as well. It's very attractive. It, it, just looking at that, I feel lighter. I feel nicer. I feel, it feels nice to have around. It looks nice if it's on your coffee table, right? Like people and put mezzanines on their coffee table to look good. <laughs> I mean, that would be the, a better one. <laughs> when you like start to feel better, is that when you started to make the book or were you practicing color therapy yourself while you were ill? You know, I wrote this book while I was going through treatment. Wow. So there would be days when I would finish chemo. I got chemo on Fridays. So I might finish chemo on a Friday and then my sickest week would be the following week. But within two weeks, I would be right back up writing or calling women or whatever I needed to do. Or I would write late at night. I'd write the meditations at night, whatever it took. But uh, I wrote the book while I was going through, published it while I was going through. And here is the, the beauty of the whole thing was once I finished the book, the book went to the printer. On the very last day that my doctor said, you don't need to do any more chemo, right after I came out of that meeting with her, I got a call from the printer saying the book is ready and you can pick it up. So I was like, oh my God, that's like God's like little gift yes. to me. Like, 
Yes, it's like congratulations. Everything it's synchronicity. Yes, that's amazing. Yes. That's amazing. It was just a beautiful little gift from heaven. I, was like, I couldn't even make that up, God. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Exactly. exactly. Wow. So this, so just this experience has like changed. Has it changed who you are? Or that's a great question. Um, you know, I think when we go through anything, it changes us a little, it changes us some, right? Mm -hmm. um, they, they talk about that. There's a saying that um, there's no growth without the storm. And so given that I've gone through this twice, I, I, I know that I've grown. So for example, when I first went through um, cancer, right? And I got over it. I, I mean, I would share my story with women who would call me on the phone. And, and at that point, lots of, you know, any friend that said, hey, my friend has cancer, will you talk with her? I would talk to them. I would encourage them. I would listen to them, right? And at that point, I wasn't thinking about coaching other women. I was just thinking, oh, okay, went through it. Won't come back again. I'm good, right? But after going through it twice, I'm like, okay, God, what are you trying to tell me? And so now I am like, you know, thanks to people like you, Angela, who will invite me to talk with your, your, your awesome audience. I'm out sharing my story and just hoping that, hoping that it will help other women go through and really, again, turn their adversity to their advantage by owning their story and sharing their stories powerfully with the world. Yeah, I think that is very powerful, uh, Wanda. And I was thinking um, women, they could use that book now. I mean, we're in COVID and that book may be very helpful for women having very difficult times with this COVID staying indoors. Yes. I know we're just in the beginning and it's been like here, I've been in Santiago, Chile. This is like four weeks for me in, in quarantine and I hear stories that could be six months, could be not here necessarily, but around the planet. Okay. This is a whole mm -hmm. new world. A book like that with the small steps could be very helpful. And the color and, and it's so small, it doesn't take up any space. A small book to help no. make you big. <laughs> yes, I, I love it. So a couple of things. So one, I would love to give any of your um your listeners who want it i have a free gift which is which is a res resilience builder toolkit oh. it's 21 ways to reclaim your power in times of adversity Perfect. and anyone that claims that um that uh free gift completely free just just get it um when my book becomes um is available in the digital copy i'll send all of them just a quick email and they can feel free to get the digital version, which should be out in the next couple of weeks. Right, but they can get the hard copy because I think it's nice to have the hard copy too in your hands, right? So they can order it from colortocure.com. Okay. So C-O-L-O-R-T-O-Cure.com is where they can get the um, this this book here. So what I'll yes. do, Angela, I'll give you all of the, the details for the okay. hard copy. Yes. And then the, the digital version, like I said, I'll make that easy for them if they get the free gift. Okay. Then I'll just send them uh, a link to get the digital book if they, if they choose that one. So I asked Wanda just to recap the four steps from Pain to Power, the R-E-S-T acronym for her book, and give examples. Yep. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, so R, in terms of remembering how powerful we are, you are, each of us are, right? And we control mm -hmm. our perspective. So remember when I said I control my identity, right? In the face of the storm, you could come up with a mantra that you say to yourself, right? I, mine was, I am a healed person protecting my health, not a sick person trying to get well. But regardless of what you're going through, yours might be, I am beautiful. I am powerful. And that might be something that you just, get in front of a mirror every morning and you just say those two or three things, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. I'm beautiful. I'm talented. I'm healed. I'm worthy. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of women um, are faced with feelings of, of unworthiness, whatever that mm -hmm. looks like. I am enough, whatever that, that is. Cause you know, mine was a physical healing, 
but for so many women, it's an emotional, it's a spiritual healing that, that they need to go through. So that's the R. The R is all about we control our perspective, right? And remember your perspective is either your power or your prison. So ladies, make it our power. Okay. The E is for expand our perspective, right? We were not designed to do life alone. And so, for example, I created space for my coworkers to show up, right? Because the first time that I went through cancer, I didn't tell anyone. I didn't want people to question me as a leader at work, whether or not I was committed. And I thought that's what leaders do. Leaders compartmentalize. Leaders don't share what they're going through on a personal level. Leaders are all business. That, that was, you talk about the growth, Angela, right? That was the first time. The second time, I'm like, oh, I got it. I better own this story. And so inviting my coworkers, and they were awesome because what they would do, their contribution, was they would call me and say, Wanda, we're still holding a place for you, right? We can't wait for you to return to work. And so sometimes when you're going through and you're facing a crisis that where your mortality is like right in your face. Now, we all know no one gets out of life alive, right? That's just not how the, the contract is set up. But when you're diagnosed with cancer or you're going through a very serious chronic illness or you're afraid to have that, that you're going to get COVID-19 or maybe you, you have COVID-19 and you're trying to recover, your mortality is like right there. And so just we just have to just be be mindful of that. And so you know, having someone that's going to hold a space for you on the planet, wherever that is, at work, at church, in your family, it makes a difference. S is for self-care. So, um, you know, we talked about spiritual, mental, physical, and uh, financial. You know, one of the things that I do, even before I, I got, um, I was diagnosed, is I'm very uh, conscious about living beneath my my means, right? And putting money away and things like that and saving, right? And so I I don't have a need for instant gratification all the time, just feeding that instant gratification, because usually that's a sign of something else when you're constantly spending money all the time and and you're getting your your sense of value based on the types of clothes or the, the $5,000 pocketbook or the $25,000 pocketbook, depending on who you are, right? And so uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm just very conscious about my, my spending. And then T, take action. Choose something, uh, an art and craft. As Angela said, um, maybe learning a new instrument, learning a new language. And if you're going through like cancer or chemo where something like that is hard, find something like knitting. Maybe you could knit uh, small blankets for, for babies who um, maybe were born and they're addicted to something. Anything that's going to give you purpose and that's going to call you and cause you to get up and move past your own pain and think beyond yourself. That's what T for Take Action is all about. Awesome. And you took action by writing your book. That was your take action, wasn't it? Yes. And I wrote, again, I wrote that book through the pain, through the chemo. Like I wrote the book while I was going through my treatment. That is incredible. And then you said you got it the second time. I was thinking, this is what my, where my brain went. Oh, she had a second opportunity to get it all right. I know maybe that's not Perhaps. a nice thing to say, but maybe, maybe it is. I don't know. And to be clear, this theory is not a blame the victim theory. It's something that's bigger than us out of our control kind of theory that I'm proposing here. It's like you, you remember that you need to expand by having people like your workplace know that you're ill and include them in it the first time you did not. And like you were saying, the, the benefits of other people praying for you or rooting for you, whatever you want to call it, it's all basically loving you. Right. Yes. Loving you and wanting you to be better, wanting you to be healthy, wanting you to be happy. So and I think that's really important in every journey we have, whether it's physical or psychological, or emotional, whatever it is, because, well, you have to they all kind of go together, if you ask me. But yes, you need yep. that those social ties. You need people heal people. We can't just do everything by ourselves. It doesn't matter who you no. are. 
medicine helps and everything. And really thank God that we have excellent surgeons and doctors and everything like we have in the world. But we have to be part of the team. We're part of our own clinical team. We have to be doing the work ourselves to get better. And even if that take action means coloring in an adult coloring book, that can be fun. I've done it. Yes. (laughs) Yes. If that, if that makes your heart sing, if that gets you up, as you know, there, there are just times when emotionally, physically, like you just don't want to, and you need that accountability thing to say, I'm calling you, I'm waiting for you, right? Whatever that is, if it's a blanket, Mm -hmm. if it's a coloring book, if it's whatever that is, you choose. Yes. That's amazing. And you know, what's so interesting. I, there's this woman, she's a researcher. She's a mindfulness researcher, Dr. Ellen Langer. Have you heard about her? I haven't. She's was recently doing cancer studies and basically she was putting people back in time to a pre-time when they were well. So it's basically what you're saying in your book. She takes them and she puts them back in time to a time when they're well and they identify with when they're healthy. They don't identify now. So they're changing their brain. They're telling their brain, I'm healthy, I'm well now, not saying I will get better. No, I am healthy. Like you were saying with your mantra. It's present. That's right. So true. So true. You know, mm-hmm. you what you were saying for some reason reminded me of this. Um, I, I read someplace that the body is made up of, let's say, somewhere between 30 and 40 trillion cells, right? Make up mm-hmm. make up our, our body and organs and everything. Mm-hmm. And those those cells are always eavesdropping on what we say, what we think, and our mood. And then they yes. and then they react very, very quickly. Yes. Yes. And so we and that kind of goes back to how powerful we are. Like we have been given dominion, if you will. We're in charge of those 30 to 40 trillion cells. Mm-hmm. And so we have to be mindful of how we're thinking and what we're saying in our mood because it's affecting our whole body instantly, all the time. Exactly. So I think that's probably why stress kills people, right? Yes. People keep going, even though your body's saying you need to rest. You need an R-E-S-T. You need to say who you yes. are. You need to expand, right? All of those things you need to, what's the S is uh, you need to. Self-care. Self-care. Yes. That's self-care. And then you need to take action. We're not doing that. So it's learning that, you know, and um, well, this is a time to we're forced to learn whatever it is we have to learn now, right, with the, with these times. But, um, yeah, I think that your book is, it sounds wonderful, and your journey is amazing, and I really appreciate you sharing that with me. And the more people share things like this, the healthier our society will be. We, we need to walk out of the shadow of shame. It's like people feeling ashamed that they have yes. cancer. Like, what did you do? Nothing. You know, it's it's really important that we get reconnected with ourselves and subsequently others. That's right. That's right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I want to say thank you so much for joining me today. I'm wondering, is there anything else that I wanted to ask you? Can Are you offering coaching for people now if they wanted to contact you? Are you booked up? Yes. Just go to the, um, I'm going to send you the link, but um, anyone that goes to that fierceresilience.com and gets the free gift, they can also find my contact information there so they can just reach out to me and and we can talk about the coaching and and what they need. Also, do you coach, um, I mean, it doesn't have to be an illness. It could be something tragic that something happened in somebody's life. Do you do that kind of coaching as well? Or is it more about something happened to yourself, like the chronic illness or? So it's so funny that, that you asked that question. Uh, I'm attracting all kinds of women. There is something about, and this is why I tell women, there is something about when you own your story, own your truth and share it, you attract like just, you know, people mm-hmm. in like the most beautiful way. Mm-hmm. And so, I have uh, women who are business owners who just want to understand, you know, how do I build resilience and how, how do I rest through even um, 
I call it, I call it the disconnects in life, right? Where you have the dream of what you want, and then you have the reality that you're experiencing. And to the extent that those two are, are there's a disconnect, it's how do you rest until the, the, the two align? And so I'm attracting, I coach any woman that wants my services, whether you've gone through a chronic illness, whether you're going through an adversity in your business, um, because I tell people, you know, we go through school and they teach us the dream. They don't teach us how to go through when we're separate from the dream. Absolutely. Because part of you is saying, yes, I want this, but the other part of you is doing something totally different and they don't talk to each other. And they're, they're isolated. That's we right. call that cognitive dissonance, right? But it's basically what you're saying. Like what's happening in one area of your life that doesn't support your goals? And why is that? And let's dissect that and figure, out, figure mm -hmm. it out. Because maybe there's something else that needs your attention that you're not listening to. And you got to deal with that first. We don't know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. But the pain is still the pain. Exactly. That, that disconnect causes pain. The pain is, is the pain. So, yeah, yes. it's interesting. We need to really pay attention to the messages our bodies are telling us. We have feelings for a reason. We don't, we weren't created with yes. feelings because we're supposed to shove them away. Right? So true. Mm -hmm. So true. Yeah. And society just locks us into a very narrow range of emotion yes. that's acceptable. Exactly. And when we don't have the freedom to really exercise all of our emotions. Yes. That's when a lot of stuff gets really entangled and we, we it's just, it's not good. And I imagine with cancer, a lot of, you must, emotions must just pop up, like rage, like why me? Like what's going on? What the hell? Like I would feel enraged that I have, like, how do you deal with that? I think if you don't, you have to address it somehow, I guess. Yeah. Like all of those emotions, but women were, were taught, oh, you can't be angry. We have to be nice if we show our anger, then, you know, we're kind of isolated or ostracized because of it, or we feel embarrassed, but it's like, but we haven't been taught men either how to properly channel their anger either. Yeah. So, so true. Mm -hmm. So true. And that's why it's so important to have spaces where women can just share their stories. And yeah. it's also helpful to have people who can listen in a way that helps separate the story from the facts. Yes. When it's all mixed together, you can't make heads or tails. And then you got the sickness and the medications all, you just get, you feel, you feel messed up. I want your, your, your viewers, your, your viewers and your listeners to know, I am not a, a medical person. Mm -hmm. I'm just a person who's been through it twice mm -hmm. and learned some lessons that I am sharing with other women in a, in a coaching experience. So mm -hmm. mine is based on the fact that I have been through it mm -hmm. and been through it twice. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I understand the emotional side, the physical side, like the, the, the isolation experience that you can feel when you're going through it twice. And I'm a person, I work out, I, you know what I'm saying? And, You've got good arms. They look kind of skinny to here, but I <laughs> I promise you I'm strong. Um, so so I just want to make sure, um, you know, like complete respect for you, Angela, and what you bring as a true medical professional. Um, I'm just here as a woman on the on the planet who's just gone through something and I'm just willing to share my story and help other people. Mm. Yes, well, I think what you're doing is very important and think that the medical field is one area that's necessary, but other adjunct that you are adding to healing is so important, right? You need all of those other factors in place to, to get better. Yeah. yeah. I loved how you said that there, there's a place for all of it. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, no one piece is more important, but if we look at it as kind of pulling together the right team. Mm -hmm. As I was going through my, my journey, I always thought about who's on my team. I always just thought about it that way. Yes. Um, and I always say, I'm the captain of the team though. That's why I would tell even my doctors, hey, I'm, I'm in charge. <laughs> wow, you sound like a very good advocate, right? This is your one shot at 
your life here and you got to take it seriously when you're ill and and there's no room for negotiation there's no room for next times and things like that this is it you got to take control of your life you have to tell the doctors what you need make sure that you are getting the kind of treatment that you want and that you your ethics and your morals and your goals all align with right absolutely absolutely you know um and I know we're going long here, so feel free to cut this yeah. off whenever you're ready. But, um, you know, Angela, one of the reasons I believe, one of the reasons why I'm here is because I had the courage to ask for one more test. So the second time yes. I was diagnosed, I went in for a random test. I got blood work and a CT scan, and they both were normal. And the, I remember the nurse saying, hey, there's one little area that we can't see. It's just the resolution of this of the scan. But because your blood work looks great and the scan looks, you know, it looks fine. It looks, it looks normal. You don't need to do anything else. I asked for one more test. So just give me one more test. Let's just do it. And then we'll have a baseline and then we can go on. And of course, you know, I remember one, one of the uh, ladies in the office said, you have nothing to worry about. Your blood work is perfect, right? Your scan looks good. And I said, just give me one more test. And that's where they found the cancer. Wow. So you nipped it in the bud. Yes. Yep. I, I got it very, very early. You still have to go through the surgery and all the chemo, which is what I had to do the first time. Wow. Um, but having the courage, right? You know, this is why I encourage women in the face of everything is normal. You really don't need one more test. And I'm saying, well, just give me one more test. Women have to listen to our intuition. And even, even I'm not going to even like make it as highfalutin as in intuition. If you just say, just give me one more test, just because I want one more test, mm -hmm. be willing to just say that. Yeah. Right. You don't. And, and, you know, as women, we have to, here, here's my, here's one of my favorite mantras. No is a, no is a sentence right? We have to be willing to stand in our own power and not explain ourselves all the time, Yes. right? Especially when it comes to your health and owning who you are. Yes. No is a sentence. Yes. So stand in your power. That is a really good thing. No is a sentence. You could write a book about that. No is a sentence. That's something <laughs> men have really down pat. They don't go into these big explanations. Oh, I can't come into work today. I'm sick. We're like, oh, I can't come into work today. I know my stomach was upset. I was up late all night. I... <laughs> Like we get into this long story. Exactly. Stand in our power. It's our body. We know our bodies, our minds better than anyone else. Mm -hmm. So just ask for what we want. Mm -hmm. And if it costs five or $10 more, they'll tell you that. And then you can work that part out. Yes. But start with asking for what we want. We've got to start there. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I think that's a really good place to end it. It's positive. It's empowering. It's R-E-S-T, it's the T, we're taking action there by saying that. <laughs> so um, I want to say thank you so much for coming on my You are so welcome. Today, it was really great. And I can't wait to get this out and um, and yeah. Awesome. Well, it, it's been so awesome just being with you. And, um, you know, I would love to just say, you know, when I when I was diagnosed with, with um, ovarian cancer the first time, right? I asked my doctor, you know, how long I have to live. Um, and I would just leave this with, with, uh, with your listeners, your watchers. What I learned after going through cancer twice is that it's not about how long we have to live, but it's about what will we do in the time we have left. So I thank you so much for having me. And it's been just a wonderful conversation, Angela. Well, the pleasure was definitely mine. Thank you, Wanda Surgeon Brown. What an incredible woman with an incredible story. And I will get her book and I will put the links in the show notes for anyone else who's interested in her book or the free survival kit that Wanda will be giving away exclusively to my listeners. And that means you. And lastly, if you have any topics you'd like to see me cover or have any questions, feel free to email me at angela.seaborn at me.com. 
That's my first name, Angela, A-N-G-E-L-A, dot my last name, which is Seaborn, S-E-A-B-O-U-R-N as in Nancy, E, at me, M-E, dot com. Or you can send me a voicemail, um, just press on the link below and it should take you to the anchor page and you can leave me a voicemail for free up to 60 seconds long. Thank you. Have a great day and until we meet again, be well.